You know, yeah, we'll uh, we'll just start. We can start with that. Um, oh, I, I yes, oh, hell yeah, oh, yeah that's all yours, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. So the reason I started all this was because like the pandemic happened. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, cause I know I've always been wanting to like create stuff, yeah. like make something happen. Like I'm going to school right now for film. So wow. I know I want to get into the film industry, but like I wanted to do something that's more like not only accessible, but like mm. in the budget, you know, I like you. I can't just go out and make a movie. Well, this is, um, this is expensive. Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely is. It definitely is. And I, um, yeah, I, can't, I don't want to underplay that. The, <laughs> the equipment in this room is quite expensive. Um, but I was, um, because the pandemic kicked off, and in July, I was working at a, yeah. at a warehouse for a carpeting company, like a flooring carpeting company. Yeah. And towards the end of the day, it was like a ritual by this point. I would throw an AirPod in and listen to Rogan and kind of just yeah. zone out, sweep, clean, Bro, and wave. Are, he's like yeah. one of my favorite channels. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what did it for me, what made it like, yeah, I guess it's what made it like accessible, like what yeah. made it possible, like in my head, was his episode with Post Malone. Have you watched that one? I. I have seen I've seen the trailers and I've seen like little like yeah. little like bits of it. I haven't seen like the full episode itself. So it's it's good, but like what I pulled out of it was it was just two guys. They don't talk about anything particularly interesting after like the first forty five minutes. Yeah. Right? First forty five <laughs> minutes it's all to an hour. And giggles yeah. After that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all nonsense. But what I thought about was like, okay, well, what do me and my friends do on a Friday night? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what are we doing? And, like, what do we talk about? What do we shoot shit about? It's like, yeah. okay, well, what if we just did that, mm-hmm. but I threw a microphone in the middle of it? How, you know? There, there's a, well, it depends on your group of people, too. If they're yeah. entertaining, too, if they're, if they're drunk or whatever, yeah, you're going to get some good content. Yeah. <laughs> so. And that's kind of, like, where the idea started. Uh, me and my friend Joey, we did the first episode, and then... My my experiment with it was, can I get 10 episodes? Do I yeah. know 10 people that <laughs> will get on either a microphone or on a camera, hopefully both, and um, can I make that happen? And then 10 went by, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break, which I did, and I did yeah. 10 more. And I took a break. Well, no, I didn't take a break. I was like, okay. Now I ran into a problem where I was filming like three of these a week. Yeah. But then I wanted to release to the point where I didn't like run out of people. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to shoot this on like July 1st. But due to scheduling, it won't come out until like August 10th. And I was like, so you're just trying to find your rhythm. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's, I'm doing this once a week. And it's like, this will come out um, this upcoming Friday. Mm. Right. And it just came into a rhythm. I tried doing this. Yeah. Most recently, like, Probably like three months ago, two months, no, four months ago. And there was, um, and I was doing it with all the artists that were coming through the El Rey and okay. the Sunshine. So I would like hit them up and I'd be like, hey, I got like a bar, like literally like right across the street. Like we'll go to, um, what was it, Sister? We would go to Sister. Oh, no we shit. would like film all this stuff. They let us like do their stuff there. They would give us like food and alcohol. And basically we would just like <laughs> sit down and I would bring in these celebrities to just like film everything. And we did two episodes that we were able to get like at least like four to five artists that were all like at different levels and um the problem was that the first time that i did it i was like okay let me try to do it in a convenient way where i'll just grab my laptop and i'm 
I produce off of my laptop, and I'll just bring my little like focus, right? I'll like plug in the mics into there. There yeah. we go. I did not turn on one of the channels on there, so I only had been like there. one mic instead of the secondary mic. Yeah, and been there. you only hear the music artist talking. You have like amazing film, but you only get like the music artist talking. You don't get anything like oh, coming from the questions. And so I was like, oh no. And then the other time I was like, okay, I got it. I got it all fixed up. Let's do it. We go all the way over to the El Ray, and they put us in the green room all the way downstairs under the stage, and. I didn't realize that the bass systems and everything was all like that stage is probably like the scariest stage I've ever seen because like when you go into the El Rey, like you'll have like a bar in the back, you have like this big open floor and then you see like this risen stage with like these barricades. And then if you go to the green room, it's all the way tucked in the very back up against the wall and you go downstairs under the flooring system. <laughs> they have like a bunch of like rickety like two by fours and a bunch of stuff holding up this platform you have <laughs> artists jumping up and down over you and you can literally see the roof flexing oh, and so i no. was like so i'm like holy shit they have hundreds of thousands of pounds up there like yeah. like literally like weight and like equipment and lighting and all that stuff that stuff is heavy as hell and you just see the floor flexing and you couldn't hear anything because you can hear everything that's going on upstairs, so it cancels out everything. Like, I couldn't even, like, talk to you, like, right. from this distance because it's so loud. And so I was like, yeah, we're not going to do the podcast. <laughs> so we're not going to do any shows with celebrities. Unless, like, I can take them out into, like, a professional studio and then, like, contract it out with, like, other people. I can't do it. Yeah. And so, because I don't know what I'm doing. Well, there's a public access studio, the couple people that I know. 519. 519, exactly. 519. And I've yet to go there and check it out, but well, I've heard great things. You need to go over there. Producers Pit is doing their stuff over there. Everybody's doing uh, April April's Fools. Yep, yep. Nico they, and Benito. Yep. Yeah, they have they have like a bunch of. I've been watching them most of them. They're doing pretty good. Um, yeah, they're great. They uh like literally like. I've been trying to push as many people over there because I it's free. <laughs> yeah. On top, like I've never any. I've been everywhere. I haven't seen anything like that where they have like a full film studio where they just provided public access like, free to everybody. And I was like, holy crap! This is something that like needs to be like taken advantage of by like, like everybody. And so, no, I agree. And what's neat about it too was, and I didn't know this until, uh, cause I've known, uh, Nico for a little bit cause mm -hmm. me and him go train at Legion. Oh wow. Uh, with Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, well, I was talking to him about it, about the podcast before him and his co-host came on mm -hmm. and they get their stuff released on TV. Yeah. Which is wild to me. And so mm -hmm. I completely spaced about that. Last week, me and my friends, we went to the opening of Dry Heat, the new comedy club. Oh, and I heard about that. It's great. How is that? Fantastic. Okay. I Fantastic. Want to go to that really it's, badly. I it's thought great. They were, they were doing stuff over at, uh, I thought everything for comedy was getting pushed over to the Revel. So, where... yeah, they'll hold like their roast battles there yeah. and they did a couple gong shows there. And then, like, yeah. across the city, there's a few breweries that'll have open mics. But this is the first like, dedicated. Yeah. Uh, comedy club, I think in eight years, 10 years. And so we went there and we're, we left and we're going, we're walking down to Anodyne and I see on these little TVs in front yeah. of a bar, I see the April Fool's on TV. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. shit, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, they're, do, they're do, a, lot, a lot of the creators and it's not just like the podcast or like the people that are, that are doing comedy or anything. Like it's in general, like this is an untapped area yeah. for a lot of different type of content creators. And the biggest thing that I've noticed is that people think that they're just only going to get to like a little level and then that's it. Like they're not going to get enough views or then if you just keep consistent, I've been seeing like a lot of different resources coming in slowly over here. For mm -hmm. example, like 
uh, I've been getting like a lot of my friends. I've been sending the emails that I would get for like casting stuff for uh, TV shows and movies over here, and I'm sending that straight over to uh, uh like all of my friends that are trying to do like media or trying to get their feet wet into like doing stuff and holy crap dude like emma stone was just here they had uh, uh ryan uh they literally like last week they had uh ryan, they had like ryan reynolds over here like a couple months ago i and, heard about like, that yeah they had a bunch of different they're having so many different celebrities they're having uh the dude from uh uh, I don't know, Supernatural right now. I literally just got that email like yesterday. Uh, Jared or Jensen? I, he plays a character, Dean. I don't know Okay, his Jensen name. Ackles. And so, uh, yeah. That dude, he uh, he's literally like walking around right now. They're filming a show and, and it's really weird because like huh. they're, they're doing the casting stuff within like a few days of like releasing information. So they're like, yeah. hey, here you have like three days to prepare. Like here you go. Like if you're vaccinated or if you're not vaccinated, like this role, that role, like you have like so many different options. Like they're having so many different crazy things over here. And so I'm like, it's popping off. Like slowly, like more yeah. resources are coming over here. Well, and media is of all kinds. Mm -hmm. Media is one of the last resorts yeah. for New Mexico economically. Like we need it. I don't know. After COVID, you guys is, like over here has been popping off. Yeah, we yeah <laughs> so. we need it. Like we need all like any entertainment coming yeah. in that'll boost the economy, get people moving. Um, because there's a lot of people like and. <laughs> <laughs> I there's a moment in every episode where someone comes in and notices the the, the, the Catholic candles, the Joe Rogan and then the Elon Musk. Oh my yeah. god, dude! It's yeah. usually about 15 minutes in where they look over and like, huh? <laughs> Bro, dude, like my ADHD is going off the walls right now. Because of all this stuff, in here. cannot put this many things in a room with me. <laughs> I get distracted. Um, but yeah, like it's it's awesome what's going on and. To kind of bring this back around to your first question, I'm like, why? Another reason why I started doing this was like, mm -hmm. I've always just been a really curious person, mm -hmm. and I and like I was that kid in class that just kept asking questions like, why, yeah. you know, who, where, why again, and yeah. now with like the boom of podcasting post pandemic, I mean, mm -hmm. everyone's doing it, and everyone who like pretty much anyone who's even interested has at least tried it, yeah. And so it started with me just saying, okay, I want to hang out with my friends. But then it was like, oh, I can, I, I, it's episode like 11 and I talked to a psychologist. Yeah. And then I talked to an actress and then I yeah. talked to a couple of musicians that I know. And then it's kind of just boomed to where now we're talking. Bro, we, this wouldn't have happened. Like we didn't meet before. Like we weren't friends before this. No. We didn't <laughs> grow up together. Like, like this happened because of social media and platforms. How? How quick did we... This was like a week? <laughs> the podcast is brought to you by one of our brand new sponsors, Bucked Up Nutrition. Look, it's no secret that I love going to the gym. Fitness and nutrition is a huge part of my life. And Bucked Up has partnered up with the podcast. Help support it. I cannot be more excited. This is one of my favorite P workouts. It's a high stimulant nootropic. I'm hitting PRs today, so I cannot wait to use this. The Banff Black by Bucked Up Nutrition. They've also got, as you can see, some awesome clothing here. Um, I With my t-shirts, I personally prefer the low... Uh, short logo here. Use our promo code at checkout, OKPOD20, to get 20% off of awesome clothes, supplements, all their products here to include their stacks. That's OKPOD20, another awesome stringer here for an additional discount at checkout. Yeah. <laughs> it took yeah. like a week. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, and it's crazy. Like, I, um, um, someone that I've become friends with, uh, one of the bigger comedians here, uh, Buck Dangerous, Buck D. Have you heard of him? 
I'm still very new to the He's series. hilarious, dude. Yeah. Whenever, you, whenever he pops up here in the city, you got to go watch him. Yeah. He killed it at uh, Dry Heat. I'm so sad because I, like, I grew up, like, mostly, like, in Angel Fire. But, like, okay. I, grew, but, uh, I like, have stayed mostly in Rio Rancho. Yeah. And I haven't really explored all of Albuquerque until, like, COVID hit. And then I moved back into the state. And then I stayed okay. here. And so, um, slowly I've been, like realizing that i've been missing out on like amazing things well, so have Africa. i <laughs> and i've lived here my whole life <laughs> i had no idea that all of this was here i had no idea that these creators and these like just talented people are here and there's they... also some like really messed up stuff and scary stuff oh here, yeah this week i had probably like one of the weirdest encounters i've had in albuquerque oh um, do tell there uh so aside from like being a music artist so i'm like an for people that don't know who I am or what I do, I'm an electronic pop singer and music artist, and I've worked with and performed with over 300 different types of music artists. And like these music artists are like at like the biggest levels. I've like performed and toured and done stuff with like Imagine Dragons. I've done stuff with Chris Brown. I just uh, saw you Wayne. were with Blueface, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Don True. Uh, they uh, are a new entertainment company like in Albuquerque that is like getting their feet wet over here. They've been doing stuff. Um, all over the country, they uh, did a. It was a Soldier Boy concert in uh, Arizona, and that caught my attention. I hit him up, and I was like, "Hey, if you need any resources and stuff like that, like I literally like, I'm the dude. I like worked with like Live Nation for like seven years. Like I can be able to like call up anybody or get anybody on the phone." And so they were like, "Perfect." And so they threw me an opportunity. So they were really nice and like bringing me into the community and allowing me to like perform with them even though they have like no background on me. And so like a lot of those people like they'll look at like my media and they'll see like oh crap this dude's like is on like on 50 cents webpage or like he's like like doing stuff with like crowds at Coachella and stuff like that. And so like they'll throw me on immediately not knowing what I am. And right. so like, for like event coordinators to do that all the time that's like what that's like really nice especially in this community. But um uh I've been doing a lot of event coordinating aside from the music. And so over here, um, I've seen that there's a huge demand for events. So I'll go around to different types of places around Albuquerque and try to see like unique locations to try to throw a party. Um, I've thrown parties on like rooftops. I've thrown them in like, like basements. I've like the most obscure places. Like I'll try to throw a party. And, um, I was going down central and I saw that this like underground, like basement area, I was like, Oh, let me try to see what it is. And I go in and this building like is really old and this location is hidden. And so when I went under under like this hallway to go into the building and see the open sign, it looks like if you leave your grandmother alone for like 20 years and she has a hoarding problem, <laughs> like this whole entire, there was not one square inch of this whole entire like facility that has a pretty decent amount of square footage yeah. for like a, a venue or a store or whatever it is and it was just completely like covered in like wedding dresses like movie props like chess boards like it just like anything and everything that you could like find at like i don't know dude it was just terrible and then this like 50 year old woman like with like a I don't know. She dressed like a skater. She comes out and she's like, you look like you're lost. I was like, I'm very lost. <laughs> and so she was like, well, can I help you? I was like, what is this place? She was like, well, it's a venue slash store and everything. I was like, where's the stage? And then she was like, um, well, we would put the stage right here. And she pointed to like a room like this, but it was just like filled to like all the way up to the roof with like boxes and stuff. And I'm like, I, how is this a venue? <laughs> how, yeah. do you, how do you even do business in this? And so... Um, she was like, well, we also bought two other locations. So we also have like, 
different things going on. We're going to have like a bigger venue, like over at our, at our different spot. I was like, I would love to go there. And so she was like, <laughs> show me the yeah, one I, that's you, an actual Yeah, I was like, I was venue. scheduling an appointment or whatever. And she was like, no, 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 we'll just take you there right now. It's like six o'clock in the afternoon. And then she's like, Charlie. And like this, <laughs> like dude comes out of like some like, back room and then he's like what <laughs> and she was like i need you to go run an errand she like throws keys at him and then he's like okay and he's like take him to the other venue like on this spot and so i don't i've never met these two people they were just such weird characters but i was like okay whatever i just want to see if there's any other like closer venue options whatever and so i had nothing to do and the dude gets in his truck i follow him and, of course, I followed some random stranger in Albuquerque into yeah. an undisclosed location. I wasn't going to say yeah, anything, no. <laughs> but, yeah. Could, I've been in, like, Salt Lake City, Utah, where, like, the Mormons are for, like, ever. So, <laughs> there's no crime. It's like Canada. Like, you can leave your doors open. Like, like so, I'm completely ignorant to, like, this area. So, basically, I go over and we go to this very, like, sketchy, like, the sketchiest spot ever. It's, like, in between all these, like, industrial buildings uh, and, in a really rough place. But it's, like tucked away behind one of those buildings and it's like attached as like a warehouse i don't know and so i don't scare easily like i've seen a lot of crazy stuff i don't scare easily and like i carry a gun i voted for trump like you can't, I voted for trump. <laughs> you cannot scare me hey you want to keep that to yourself right here dude <laughs> you, can't, you can't scare me <laughs> so like basically when i walked into this building with this dude it hit me so hard the smell i was like what is it it smelled like disgustingly rotten like i don't know what was inside this building and it was a small building it was a small warehouse but i go in and we go down this like really like dark hallway and there's like two sides i can go left where i would have like the the big room where the venue would be or i could go right where it would go down another hallway where it would be like the entrance the bar everything yeah. like that continue so continue we, going i'm just gonna check the cameras oh, perfect. Uh, we go to the right Aaron, uh, we're going down to the front of this like, uh, like bar area and basically everything is still getting constructed and it's all nasty in there. Like it's all like dusty. It has like a bunch of like just trash everywhere. And I'm starting to notice like a lot of like weird things around and he's like trying to make a sale. So he's like selling me on like the, the venue. He's like, we're still under construction. We'll be ready in August. Like, you know, and like, there's like. I see like jars of like red stuff and I was like, okay, cool. And I'm like, we're getting closer to like the front entrance where all this like crap is. And I noticed that like, there's like chunks of stuff in it. And in one of the jars, there's like a finger. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Well, like I, well, I'm not looking at it and I'm like, okay, I'm putting two to two together. I'm like, okay, the other location is like has movie props, has, like, Halloween crap. Like, I'm like, okay, right. maybe it's props, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't, but it's just, like, really weird <laughs> how these, like, people have, like, all these, like, statues and has all these, like, crazy stuff. And so he's still showing me the front entrance, and I noticed this, like, weird collection of, like, in this glass case, like, up against the wall, like, all these, like, bones. And, like, they have, like, saran wrap all over them, and some of them are, like, out on display and have, like, a bunch of, like, polymer cans, like, around them and stuff like that. So I'm like... And I pointed that out. I'm like, I'm like, what is that? And then he's without skipping V. He's like, oh yeah, no, we have all of our like bar services. Oh, that that's like our bone collection. That's our femur collection. Anyway, so we have all of our what water fountains over here. We have security spots. I'm like, I'm like, what? And, like he just completely glide right over that. He was like, that's our femur collection. And then just like went through. And I was like, what? I'm fuck? starting to like get like nervous. It smells like crap in there. Like there's like cans of blood and having like bones and stuff i'm like what the hell is going on 
we go all the way to the back room where there's a, now he's showing me the venue and there's like no lights in this whole entire building. There's just like a bunch of like construction lights, like on the floor right, yeah. and extension cords everywhere. So he was like, let me show you the back room. He shows me the big room and he plugs in the construction lights and on the floor, there's just a bunch of construction lights like pointed towards the middle of this room and up against the side of the room there's like this table with like a black tablecloth that has like white paint like all over it on like on these lines and i'm seeing newspapers that are all taped along like the floor where this and i'm like i'm getting right and it and this is like this room has the strongest smell like it has like these strong. This is like, where they kill the people. Over well, there is where well, they store I'm it. Like, I'm like, what's going on, dude? Yeah. I'm like, just like, and the dude is just like really like weird and stuff. I was like, and I'm just like very straightforward. I'm just like, what is this, dude? Like, I, I'm seeing stuff. Like, what is this? And then he was like, this is just our church stuff. And so, anyways, and he's like, the bathrooms are gonna be along this wall. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna head out, dude. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, it smells like crap in here. Thank you so much. And then he was like, you want our contact information? I'm like, no, I, I have your stuff. <laughs> so The podcast is brought to you today by OrganicPriceBooks.com. Uh, I love comic books. That is absolutely no secret to any of my friends, family, or listeners. And right here is just some of the comics that I have either bought or gotten sent to me by the fine folks over at Organic Price Books. As you can tell, they have a wide selection from DC, Independent, Marvel, and they have become the number one spot for everything omnibus, oversized hardcover, or just general collected editions. No matter what you want, they've got it. Go to their website and at checkout, use our promo code, just my name, Noah, N-O-A-H, to get additional discounts on top of what they already offer, which ranges anywhere from 30 to 50% off. OrganicPriceBooks.com, use my promo code, Noah, N-O-A-H, and start reading comics today. Oh my God, so, so how did you come in contact with these people again? I literally was just driving up and down just trying to figure out if there was a venue, and I went down into a basement, and this old lady just threw this old... So it's just, oh my word. Yeah, yeah. no, there's... There's, there's a lot of weird stuff here in Albuquerque. I've, yeah, no. <laughs> that's that's probably like the second weirdest thing over here. And that one just was like, do they really like do? Are they doing weird? Is there satanic like cults here in yeah, Albuquerque? That, that sounded like so, the reboot for Texas Chainsaw, bro. You know, oh it sounded weird. God. He was just like nonchalant about it. And I was just like, it's gross in here. And then you have like satanic stuff everywhere. So. <laughs> and what part of town was this in? Uh, this was uh the first part was over on Central, and the second part is all the way over by uh Coronado Mall. And so. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm starting to really judge Albuquerque. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. So I didn't know it got that weird here, but uh, it's, it's it is strange here. And one thing you bring up, like, there's a need for events. I'm and, get and caffeine real quick. You want to hear this right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm addicted to caffeine. See, my favorite is that, and then when you get whiskey and get the and they get the one big block oh, of ice, the little clink. That's just that's from God <laughs> I, Himself. I wish I drank alcohol, but I can't. Oh, you can't. No, I'm Mormon. So. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah, no. T- hey, that's probably better off for you, dude. Have you- I drank alcohol once, and I got drunk once uh, for my 21st birthday, and that like I ended up like taking off all my clothes, singing Whitney Houston on a coffee table. Like <laughs> all my friends have like videos of this, and then I was like, yeah, no. No, this is not for me. Nah, you <laughs> so. dude, you get into like Rob Lowe. He's like almost sixty <laughs> years old and he looks thirty. So it's probably good for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but no, so you, you bring up a very good point with there is a huge need here for events and mm-hmm. just like like things to happen here. Yeah. Because there's nothing. Like 
even like there's there's like I said there's stand up here and there there's the the um, the occasional concert that'll come through whether it's at Launchpad or El Rey or down at Isleta. I noticed something really interesting. Yeah. Um, usually with parties and stuff like that, I like to mark. Okay, so I've been very blessed to be like selling out shows most recently and being able to go to like several different states and be able to like have like thousands of people in front of the stage. But over here was really interesting because my first few times, I, my first time that I ever performed in Albuquerque, I was headlining for a music festival by the name of Somos. And Oh, I was, no shit. I opened up for a music artist by the name of Black Tiger Sex Machine. And they, they were, li- that's so weird because they were literally just here. I heard like that. A I month was trying to link ago. up with them while they were here, but yeah. like we were, our schedules uh, didn't uh, match up. We were basically, I that was my first time working with like, like crazy, cra- like performing with crazy EDM artists. Like I've like worked with like artists like Dylan Francis or like, uh, for like, casually just name dropping. <laughs> I, well, I was doing so. My job at Live Nation and was specifically in salt lake city and several different states was managing festivals managing events dealing with some of the big like commercial like groups that right. were like coming in and throwing these huge like scale like events for with like eight thousand people in front of the stage and directing operations for the equipment directing all of this stuff where people needed to be making sure that the event was fluid and that there was enough people on hand to be able to help out to be able to manage all that so i was one of those people that would get contracted out for several different events managing those things and it didn't matter what talent was coming in I would have like Dolly Parton all the way to like Little Wayne. <laughs> and so those types of <laughs> events would come in and I would just casually and I had no experience with dealing with musicians before. So I went from like um I started picking up trash and then got picked up. And from that they thought I was like funny looking or something. They were like, Hey, you wanna like work events like officially and try to like do this like for real, for real? And I was like, Yeah. And so I ended up like getting myself promoted and like working my way up and building all this experience within like five to six years aggressively and then the last like three years like i started to like go away from that and be like how hard is it for a music artist like from the ground up to build their brand without being signed to a label and trying to make this happen like a company because i know what people don't realize that the music industry is two separate parts you have the distribution side and the media side and the content side and then you have the live presence side which is a completely different animal you have the events and instead of focusing on the content and focusing on on being a product i focused on how to get a thousand people in a room and i learned how to do that no matter where you are in the country and so a lot of music artists they don't realize that when you're stepping into the realm of being a music artist you're not you're not just a music artist you're not making music you are a business owner you are a marketer you are a uh, communications you are dealing with a lot of stuff with media and branding and all that you have to deal with sending out professional proposals and stuff like that i learned how to put together emails and how to kind of like word certain things and have like business lingo in order to be able to like call up like groups of people like at&t and bring in 1.8 million dollars for like festivals that were needing that type of like sponsorship or endorsements or needing those types of packages and so i learned all of that and then the industry i right when i was getting my music like off the ground right when i was like as a performer without any representation like opening up for like g easy and all the like different other artists that's when COVID hit. Oh, mother. <laughs> so, I, I was so, waiting for the COVID part of it. It shut everything down. It took away the whole entire... It, right when I was at, like, 
about to like blow up and right there to get recognized for everything like festivals were like contracting me and everything that's when it all shut down and that's when i was like god damn it <laughs> i didn't know what to, i didn't know what to do because i was like i was having the the highest point in my career at that time and or at least what i thought was going to be the biggest opportunities and all of that was taken away and i was like distraught and completely depressed and i was like i don't know how serious this is i don't know like what what it's happening with COVID. I don't know what's happening with the industry because everything, I've never seen a, well, everywhere in the world, like everything stopped, but I've never seen an industry just completely just like kill, Full stop. kill yeah. off everybody. Like it killed off. Like unless you are like one of the, like the Taylor Swift's, the Justin Bieber's like up there, everybody got killed off. And immediately these artists that basically like have been making money off of just doing events i was making good for getting a thousand people for a party not for my brand nobody knew me still today nobody knows me but throwing a, an event and a party people will recognize certain brands or certain things that i did in certain different areas from idaho arizona nevada texas colorado like all these like different states you'll see these events where you can get a thousand people in a room charge a cheap like 10 bucks at the door and flip like ten thousand dollars within the evening and so I was basically living off of that, trying to invest that into equipment and venues and just tried to throw like last minute parties here and there and everywhere. And I came here and I got booked out. One of my first shows, not only Somos, but the second show was uh, at the university called Red Rally. Yeah. And um, the fraternities and the sports groups there like all liked me and they liked like my media and my stuff, they, they were like, is he famous? Like, what is he? And so they were like, they hired me immediately and just put me on the lineup. And I was in Colorado when I get a phone call where they were like, hey, we're going to need you like here at like seven o'clock. You need to get on stage. Like everything's ready. All your staging, everything. Colorado. And I, I get the phone call at like 12. So I'm like, crap. And I'm at my job over there. Like oh, I was wow. working like construction yeah. during that time with my family business. And so I was like, nothing to do. I might as well just like try this. And so uh basically i ran all the way from colorado down here and i did the show immediately i grabbed my girl and we just set up a stage or we set up our equipment on stage like they're doing announcements and there was four thousand students in front of the stage and i'm like why are there so many people here like i was told there was going to be like maybe like 200 to 500 people like 200 to 500 people is still a good amount that's like all of like I don't know, like uh, Launchpad or like Cake or mm -hmm. whatever these nightclubs are over here. Like basically, I was I was getting for it, it just rocked me because I just I was like I didn't expect that many people. I was like, why is there so many people still in like what everybody is screaming out? This is a pandemic. Nobody's supposed to be going out. Like you wear your mask. Get vaccinated eighteen times. Like it's just <laughs> like like the basically why is there four thousand people and all of them were like college students all of them were ready to have fun and whatever and i just came out and i already had like a like a modest like music set i was just djing i wasn't even performing my own music i was like okay i was just gonna play like moderate music but now that i have four thousand people i'm just gonna go absolutely ballistic the whole entire time i i didn't even i'm not like a like a regular dj or when i do like dj sets i have two performance sets either i'm doing my own music and singing and i have full band and go crazy and i have flame cannons shooting up like 10 feet up in the air or i have like a dj set where i'll get hired for just like mixing remixes of like everybody that knows and just like doing electronic type of like stuff and making sure that the crowd goes crazy that one i decided to go crazy Four thousand people jumping. It was like one of the craziest experiences. 
And I was like, this is where I need to focus all of my efforts. I need to stop going to Utah or Idaho or Arizona or all these different places and try to get my myself on these lineups with famous people. I've already done that. Let me try to see if I can be able to build something down here. Slowly, um, I I was doing events. I was like, immediately after that, I was like, okay, let me try to take uh, my resources. Let me try to see if I can be able to uh, do a party immediately after that and try to get like 4,000 people because I wanted to see if there were, that's a crazy amount to show up for somebody that nobody knows, especially for a party. So I was like, let me try to see if, if I'm, if there's that much of a demand here. So I immediately threw a party in Halloween, 20 people showed up. I was like, what did I do wrong? What is going on over here? I invested into a venue. I did like a thousand dollars of marketing. We were on radio. We were like doing everything with this. Only 20 people showed up. What did I do? And I'm, as one of those people that managed events, one of the systems that they teach you first is that you have to look at the numbers. You have to look at the area. You have to look at the analytics and judge what's going on. And then you can always, like every step that you take, you can be able to write down and put a number. Whether it's like, okay, I put 100 bucks into making a flyer and I handed out that flyer to this many people. How many people came because of that flyer? And you can gauge different things by putting stuff on the flyer saying, hey, if you bring this flyer, you'll get a discount or you'll get in free or whatever. Like you can be able to gauge what you do based off of those things that you put out. And after I got all of my numbers off of all of the steps that I've done, started tweaking certain things. Immediately the second party that we did, we saw completely drastic change. We saw like 300 to 500 people completely like sell out the venue. It was a, a shout out to Power Plant. They're a new uh, venue that has been... I forgot where they're, I forgot what street it is, but they're called Power Plant. And um, it's like a small little like bougie like coffee shop that's like completely like white with like plants hanging down from like the roofs and stuff. But they also have like a, a, a background like. A, oh, wow. Uh, they have a, like a whole entire uh, venue in the back that is like almost built like a warehouse. And I went back there and we threw a college party. And immediately. We oh, completely wow. sold that out completely with changing out all the analytics. I'll send you the video so yeah, if you want to put this no, up on the video. But yeah. um, basically, we sold out everything. And I was like, okay, perfect. Immediately, people have been talking to do another one of those and another one. And have been, I've been getting a lot of different like groups uh, contracting me out to try to like build events for them or trying to do that. And so officially, my goal here in Albuquerque is to build a brand that I can be able to give to somebody like you. You have a podcast, you're completely different than what I do. But say you needed the physical representation, say you needed to get your brand out there, you can be able to call me and what I'm putting together and be like, hey, uh, I'm gonna need to do this. And I wanna get my stuff like in line with the community and I want exposure. Can I be able to like schedule something with you? And we do an event and you have already like 500 to 800 people to 1,000 people. My goal is to be able to get myself to the L-Ray and always rent out the L-Ray for college parties or for whatever I'm doing so I can be able to just hand it over to a brand so you guys can put your name on stage. We're just providing the entertainment and just an experience for people to just come and enjoy because we did this in Utah and in several different states where we just built something just random and different brands, different groups just jump in and put their name on the stage and it actually gives them exposure. It gives them community like uh, like interactions and stuff like that. Like people are, are tying the experience that they're having with the brands that they're seeing. And so that's what we've been doing over there. 
But over here, that's never happened. I haven't seen just something that you can just pick up and then just use and then drop and then somebody else can just pick up and use and drop. Right. And it benefits everybody. Everybody's like, re at least from what I've seen in the artist community and the event community, the event coordinators here are shit. <laughs> like, holy crap, dude. They're so political. They're so aggressive. They're so different. And Well, how so? Yeah, go a little further into that. How so? Without okay. obviously, you know, okay. throwing the dirt left or right. Okay, the, it's it's not dirt. It's actual criticism from an experienced person that has worked the biggest festivals from Coachella, Bonnaroo, Lollapalooza, like all of these groups. I've seen how it works, how they interact, how we all as event coordinators and promoters and agents and all of us on the business side, what we do to be able to be able to make our industry better and grow. And we're not like exclusive like we're 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 like just hiding off and nobody can be part of it people think that the first side of the industry which is like the distribution side they make it very exclusive they make it seem like it is like something that you cannot touch and reach because they make money off of making sure that you don't have the the cell phone number of right of like post malone of like all these people like Basically, once you get into that side of the industry, you'll be able to have an open door to whoever you want. Tell me who that is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So he just showed me a picture of Kanye West. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> so that one was a crazy experience, too, because that we only had – I got a phone call at, like, 4 in the morning saying, hey, you need to get to this location at this time uh, to give us, like, equipment. And set up all your, like, generators, set up all your equipment and all your stuff so we can have sound. I was like, what time, if you're having me come out at, like, 4 in the morning to set up, what time is the event? They're like, 10 a.m. I'm like, why is it at 10 a.m.? They're like, can't say anything yet. I'm like, it's my stuff. <laughs> like, I kind of want to know what you guys are going to do. <laughs> and so they were like, get here, we'll tell you. Like, you get here. I'm like, okay, I have to drive 40 minutes. Am I going to get paid? They're like, obviously. But I'm like, okay, fine. And so I get there. They tell me that. It's a Sunday service that's going on. No And so way. it was a whole entire Sunday service that was getting put together that already has had like two months of planning. It already was two months of planning. And, and where was this? This was in Salt Lake City, Utah during April when they were uh, – Mormons are known uh, during the beginning of April and the beginning of October doing something called a uh, general conference where basically uh, – we have a prophet and 12, uh, 12 apostles. And so we basically all together, like, we try to uh, either tune in on TV or the radio to listen to what he has to say, or uh, we all gather and see it live. And so um, basically, Kanye decided to pull up during one of those and do it right across <laughs> the street from, he did it, he, I don't know, I don't know. Nice individual, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Very crazy. And yeah. So, like, he just did that during one of the biggest gatherings of any religious group. Like, right. It's like literally when the Pope talks and when our prophet talks and then when, like, the Dalai Lama has a meeting. <laughs> so, like, usually those are, like, the biggest, like, right. like, religious, like, gatherings. Like, he decided to just pull up and just be like, I'm going to also preach the gospel. <laughs> just, like, that's... That's just what happened. And he started talking about politics, too, and he was giving out, like, Trump hats. <laughs> no <laughs> so, way. What? That's wild. I, yeah, I love him. He's so funny and random. But <laughs> but uh, basically, yeah, my, my goal is to take my experience that I've had 
and build something here because the event coordinators are not are not doing their job here. They don't have the experience of understanding that it's not about money and it's not about um, your status. In selling influence is what we do in our industry professionally because influence is power and power is a very very like strong thing to sell to people and sometimes it's very corruptive. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of these people get get it in their head that oh yeah I had like thousands of people in front of my stage like I'm the, like the best damn thing like I I put this together and was able to like create all this stuff and all this money and all that and slow that mentality completely ruins everything that they're doing and slowly those people that are like very arrogant and like that they you'll see them decline the fastest because they decide that they're going to change their systems to make it very like just exclusive all that and in reality your demographic is whoever wants to come see you. Whoever wants to pay for the product, that's your demographic that you're going to need to go. And in this industry, it could be I it's not defined. You can have anybody and everybody. I have like people in their like 40s and 50s showing up because they just want to like go have fun and forget about what their work week. Like Yeah. And so like that's what the event coordinators here are just like very competitive. And it gets to a point where because of their competitiveness, like they're all ruining what's going on they're all very like egotistical they're all having like a lot of like different issues and it's not one it's all of them and the people that are that are going to be on top always are the people that are always like hi how's it going what's your name here come with me do you need any help do you like can you help me with certain things like like and everything like that that type of culture is what everybody else is doing and yeah. over here, it's not happening. And I'm seeing that also with the artist community too, where they're all having like this pissing contest of like, my song is better. But also, this is like the worst like community too. All of the music artists here, not all of them, but like a majority of them, we're in a rough area. This is like the Breaking Bad. Yeah. Like they're, we're painted as like the most ghetto people ever yeah. the most ignorant people ever the stupidest communities to be able to do any like our our we do the stupidest things here and we have so much stuff that is just atrocious and plus we're right next to probably one of the worst areas to be next to which is like mexico so we have a lot of different types of crimes we have a lot of trafficking of different these are just facts yeah and because of that we're I don't know what it is about this area, this culture that is just like, okay, well, all right, we already have a lot of bad stuff. There's n there's nothing that we could do about it. Just move on with it. And they participate in that type of stuff. And a lot of like the rappers, a lot of like the kid rappers, all like rapping about guns, yeah. drugs, sex, everything. I'm like, you have not even you're in middle school. <laughs> like you don't even you don't know what a nine millimeter is. Like you don't never really held one. Like so it's like I don't I don't know. It's just this culture is like really weird. And so the artists over here, I've I'm come I come over here and I'm just like fresh off the block. I'm just like really nice. I have all of my equipment. I have I own all my own lighting, all my own sound, I stage effects, everything and I've called up all of the music artists that I can that I think that are doing something with their brand and actually like are inclusive. Um, and I'm like, all of my equipment, I'll give you a deal. You put together a show that is actually going and you market and you put money in yourself. All of my stuff is free. You get to use it completely for free. Like all of it. You yeah. want stage like flames that go 10 feet up in here? I got you. You want staging? You want a venue? like put together for you and like organized for you, I got you. 
Like, there's event coordinators that I've, like, called and, like, have, like, built relationships with, and I'm seeing what they're doing. And then if it's there, if I see that they're going to be beneficial in the future for a lot more people, not just myself, but everybody else, I'm going to be like, hey, um, what I can, uh, I can have one of these event coordinators vouch for me because I went to UNM. I was like, hey, let me put some proposals together. I have experience with all these different companies and stuff. This is what I have to offer. If you do me a favor, I'll do you this, this, and this. Um, they've given me their venues for free. Like they have like 3,500 people that can fit in one of their basketball arenas. They've given that to me completely for free. And I'm probably one of the very few people that can walk into like a lot of different venues and be able to negotiate and be able to like do a bunch of stuff and bring them a lot more resources and to be able to trade that for our community. And it's just really weird how it's just, there's not enough people, A, doing enough and B, they're all just not knowing where to go or what to do. And so, and I feel like, if I try to speak up and be like, here, let me try to like guide you or like, let me show you. They're going to look at me and be like, what the hell is this small little Hispanic trying to like drag <laughs> me around trying to tell me what to do? Like, I'm like, no, I'm trying to like give out like really good advice and they don't know. And I just, I'm just that type of person where I'm just like really, really like nice and try to help out all the time. And it's just, I don't, I don't understand boundaries. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, well, your mindset is very much in the like of, and I've, and I've seen it. Uh, really my only exposure to stuff like this is listening to other people talk about it like through podcasts. Yeah. And the best way I've heard it put is where it's successful, where this where this culture, where this community is successful, you need to act like it's a feast, not a famine. Oh, yeah. Like where everyone <laughs> isn't, you know, what you're describing, where they're going out and they're taking for themselves, holding back from everybody else. But no, in reality, if you act like it's a feast, because there is more than enough. There is mm -hmm. talent here. There are venues here. There, There is a... Um, I was talking about it with Buck. There's a what huge. Is your, what is your last show that you've been to here in Albuquerque? My last show? Yeah. Oh, dude, I don't go out much. Um, <laughs> I w I'll be honest. Um, so I went to the comedy. I went to the new comedy club last weekend. How and many then, people showed up to that? Oh, it was sold out. It's a super super much? small venue. I think it was like maybe like the the seating there only. It's a little hole in the wall. What, did did they bring a uh, an outside source type of like to sell it out or? Oh uh, no, it, it was all homegrown. Yeah, it was all homegrown. I want to say the crowd itself was maybe 50 people and then the plus like the five comedians that were on and the two owners that are there who are themselves comedians. So um, the, so these this was all community based. Yeah. 100%. I wish that could be translated a little bit more into I agree. younger the younger groups. I agree. The, the younger demographics cuz they what you guys saw and what you guys were able to experience that doesn't happen enough and it drives I agree. me crazy. Yeah. No, 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 I, I, I totally agree. And there's a, there's a void here that, mm -hmm. and that needs to get filled somehow. And I love the minds that you have and I love what you're doing. I think that's great. Um, and like I said, with your mindset being the way it is where everything is like a feast, like how long did it take you? Cause you're obviously a numbers guy too. Mm -hmm. So like how long did it take for you in doing and in being in this industry to get to the point where it's like, this is what it needs, what it needs to be. The road to start took me forever because there is not going to be somebody there. There's not going to be a course. There's not going to be yeah. uh, uh, somebody that you can pay to show you. There's not. Mm -mm. It's it's literally trial by fire. And how I did it was trial by fire by picking up trash at arenas. And I was like, you know what? The hell with it. I'm going to get fired in the coolest way possible. And I saw that there was a concert happening where I was picking up trash snuck backstage, made some resources, and then got my way in like that. And um, 
it it took me doing that, playing the politics and learning how this all works about like four years. It took me about four years. And then it took me another two and a half to actually start utilizing those in a way where I knew how those tools worked. So it's like I was playing doctor and running the hospital and doing all that, but without knowing how any of the tools worked or how any anything works. And so basically it took me that two and a half years to finally utilize, okay, let me try to like move forward. Let me try to like make sure I can be able to like have something that I can promise people and, and actually like deliver and actually like moving stuff in a way that will make me like look like I'm bigger than what I really am and just like marketing. Yeah. Straight up just marketing. Yeah, marketing. And, yeah. And because of that, uh it like I was able to learn from that. And it's it took me personally, me seven and a half years. Um, but one of the coolest people that I've gotten to like see their growth and hear their backstory. Have you ever heard of Portugal, the man? Yeah. Oh yeah. They made the song, um, can't keep my hands to myself. Like, and, uh, they, they basically, um, for them to get that one hit, uh, to blow up or to even get recognized for like one song they've been a band together doing like shitty shows and stuff like that for 11 yeah they've been years. around for a while 11 years before they actually got a, a hit and that hit went straight up to number one with like the crazy like like goatee songs and all like the crazy like number one platinum like still right now like they're still leading the charts with that song because it's just so popular and like it took that long. And so for me or anybody or for anybody that wants to like understand how it is, you're just, you're you're going to be gambling not with money but with time. It's going to take anybody and everybody an investment of time to understand how this system works, whether it's like the distribution of music or doing the events and putting people in a room. Like it's just going to take time. And well so well, time is, and that's something I think I've, I've definitely had to learn myself and a lot of people just haven't caught on to, just like time is so much more valuable than money. Money comes and goes. Yeah. You know, anything that can be replenished, you know, that obviously puts itself on a, like a totem pole. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But time, I mean, you can't, you can't waste that, especially today. Yeah, and it's, uh, I know it's so, it, uh, for the biggest amount of time, like a lot of like, I was hearing like the stupid cliche crap that every other music is like, yo, just keep going and it's just like keep doing it every day and everything you'll get there. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> but straight up, like the consistency, oh my goodness. One of the biggest things that people always thought that I was like annoying about was my persistence. I would follow up. I would call. I would send multiple texts. I would make sure every every day I would leave a voicemail or I would yeah. do something, send emails, try to figure out where these people are, try to like shake hands with them in like a like a not so weird way, but like try to like make sure that like they are seeing me every day so I can be able to have like to an opportunity or a communication and seeing what doors I can open with those certain brands and people. The consistency and the persistence is what I've noticed was one of my big successes too with like making a lot of stuff like move. And so that's another thing that a lot of people don't understand. What's something people need to hear is that because obviously with consistency, you're doing something over and over and over again and that's hard work. Mm -hmm. People need to hear that. Mm -hmm. And there's obviously everyone's seen the 30 second, the 60 second little motivational. It's all about the work, put in the work, yeah. but in the like, there's as like, 
as cringy or as like cliche some of that is, there's a lot of truth to that. Like you have to keep working hard. You have to keep being consistent. And like, like, yeah, it's, it's good to keep, keep up with people and keep making connections. But like, if you don't ask the answers already, no, I also, one of the big things is, uh, there's so much moving around too, and there's so many different goals and opportunities that when you're setting a list of like priorities of like what you want to accomplish and stuff like that, A, just me, I have to write it down. Yeah. And it could be as big as like, I want to meet Drake. But like, if you write it down and you are able to like make little plans that are like small little successes that can like build up to getting to those certain points. Like for example, I never thought I was going to work with Kanye or work with anybody like at that level or be in this industry. Never. I didn't, I didn't even know I could sing until I was like 18 years old. <laughs> oh yeah. This motherfucker can sing by the way. He doesn't oh, yeah. just do event coordinating and producing a D this motherfucker can sing. Yeah. You are talented, man. Yes, I know. I prostitute myself out for my voice. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, basically, uh, yeah, no, I, the legit like just setting the goals too of like what you want to accomplish and then figuring out like different like strategies of how how to get there it's not it's it's like from point it's not like point a to point b it's like point a to like h and then yeah. okay i did b b didn't work out okay c d e okay i'm get like all of these are working okay f failed okay how do i get like over here? so cuz one of the biggest things too that i didn't nobody told me uh there's an event coordinator that runs a music festival um, that's, like, verified. And, like, it's a really big deal. Like, he's gotten, like, some of the biggest names on that lineup. And um, he told me over the phone that basically you have to be ready to just make sure that this is this is not going to be a shit show. It's probably going to be a shit show, but it's not going to be a shit show. You have to be prepared to take $50,000 of your own money, put it in a trash bag, and watch it burn. He's like, it's, it's going to suck. Yeah. He's like, but because it sucks, now you, you need to learn and understand why it sucked. Take those numbers, take the things that you've seen that, that were the problem or the certain issues, try to tweak them, and then do it again, and then do it again and again and again. And maybe after like 100000 500000 almost close to a million dollars, like you'll be able to understand that you'll get a system rolling where you can be able to build a festival or build something at a level where it's not going to be able to fail. But it's going to take a couple of different times to fail. And I suggest you do it at a smaller scale instead of like the grand scale because a lot of people, when they have uh, an idea or like an opportunity to make something happen, they know that they have the opportunity to like make an event. For example, anybody and everybody can take their money and go to one of the big venues or the amphitheaters and just rent it out. Now, are you going to sell tickets if you just rent it out? No. You're going to need to be able to market it and do certain things. There's a million different little things in between to make sure that you can be able to make your money back and then more. But, oh my goodness, like a lot of people just don't realize that that failure too is such a big tool. Such a yeah. big tool. With me, I've had I've done everything from like – performing at like the dingy like five people in front of the stage to like having beer cans thrown at me to like bro i've seen it and done it all and like now i've understood a system where now I, there's it's almost like it's almost just like perfect like i always get like somebody showing up where i get my money back or i get like the whole entire venue packed or make it look good i get my media people in place where i only hire like music video like people because they know how to like get quick shot edits and stuff like that like and make it look good like 
like there's certain different things that you're going to learn but and this applies to like any industry it drives me crazy how people just like see a failure and then they're like damn it whatever i'm going to change it and then or do something different and it's like they don't keep consistent cuz for example uh david goggins you know who that oh, is oh yeah I, oh yeah that is my goal that is my goal to be the david goggins to be the hardest motherfucker alive in my industry yeah in my industry if i can do that in in just not be like an like an asshole or like a chef Gordon Ramsay where he's like, oh, you're an idiot sandwich. Like, no, like I don't want to be like that, but like I want to be like known as somebody that has like such a good reputation of just like being probably one of the most like crazy, persistent, like motivated, like nothing is going to phase this person. This person has like good systems. He's been building not only himself, but other people forever. He's like very like understanding of like how it works and stuff like that. He can be a dependable source for like information and all that. Like that's what I want to become. Has this mindset this drive this, this these personality traits have this has this always been a part of you or is it something you've uh, had to like nurture it's and it's grow? something that I, it's something that i've witnessed i've been around for the theory of like putting yourself in a room full of millionaires is going to make you a millionaire at some point in your life is to the truth at some point because you're surrounded by people that are successful and that have a good system going that have their scene failure or have worked really hard or have certain systems that you are witnessing and you're around and you can be able to like adopt that mentality and adopt those types of traits and stuff like that by being around those people. But with me, I've grown up with it. For example, like my mom, she was a global nurse recruiter and oh, wow. she uh, like transferred like people that did like brain surgery, heart, like did orthopedics, did anything for any hospital in this country that needed a specific doctor. She would recruit them from literally all over the world. She would go to Puerto Rico, have hundreds of thousands of nurses and doctors fly in. She would get all of their information. She'd give them the rundown. She's like, this is your packet. This is your information. Here's your passport. Here's your, all your stuff. We're going to put this all together in a professional manner. You guys are going to show up to your hospitals. And then she would make a percentage off of that. That so is no for, joke. For doing, doing that by herself and managing and being her own CEO of her own company and doing that at such a young age and then having – me and my sibling, and then being a single mother, and then doing still doing all that, crackhead. <laughs> and then she meets another crackhead, my father, and, and so he runs everything for like real estate and construction, and he's ne like he's worked for like other companies and stuff like that, but mostly has been like a business owner his whole entire life. And so basically the only time that I can ever that I remember him ever working for somebody else was when the recession happened and when we were moving from Angel Fire to over here and he just picked up a job and they ended up moving him almost like to the very very top of the company immediately once they saw his skill set and saw what he was doing and making like the company way more money and like busting his butt and right. he's always been a uh, he he made several different like commercial projects and has been building not like home by home like when people come in he takes contracts of like 80 homes at a time and just does it all himself with wow. a small little group of like mexicans <laughs> and that's it <laughs> and that's it so he doesn't play around he works his ass off like he's had that strong like mentality of just like moving forward nothing's gonna stop me i'm just gonna like build that and then i have my mom that's just like no sympathy just like like move forward that type of stuff so with me i'm a little bit like of like the nice guy but like I, I have that, like, that I've witnessed my whole entire life. Yeah. And then I go into the real world and I see all these different things and I see these people, like, 
that are just having a hard time and stuff. I'm just get up, go work. <laughs> What's going on? Like, just move. And, and yeah. I, I've been in rough situations where I've had uh, sleeping on people's couches. I've slept on so many people's couches, and uh, I went from that to like immediately like getting like three jobs at a time, busting my butt, working all these events, going on tours, and then getting uh, like to play politics with them, and then work my way up in those companies, and then like bust my butt and show them that I'm like a hard worker. And so like one of the things that if nobody knows my name or nobody knows anything about me, immediately they'll see from a distance that I've been like working hard. If you put me in a room full of people doing the same task, like I'll do my best to try to outdo everybody physically to try to like work hard and give the best product and try to give the best service. And so that's what I've learned from everybody around me. Yeah. That's basically what I can say on that. I've, I've adopted those qualities based off of who I've surrounded with. And I try to keep that circle. I try to make friends that are being successful, that are trying to do stuff that are being creative, that are, making stuff like this that are not stopping, that are not just sitting down and doing nothing. Like that's, that's a, who I've always surrounded myself with. And you know, that's just an ugly truth that a lot of people don't want to face is that the people you surround yourself with big and small, the people you let into your life, the people you build relationships with, they bleed into you for better or yeah. worse. They bleed into you. They bleed into your life. They influence you, whether it's passively or actively, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's just them living their life and you look at them like, well, they're not working hard. They're doing just fine. Maybe I can slack off or they'll actively try to take your time away there's from a, you. There's nothing wrong taking a break or no, a little bit lazy, just all. having an off day or whatever. But the, consistently the that, having an off day, the, like consistently the, working hard, yeah, that's a problem. It's, it's the comfort. Yeah. With me, I don't like being comfortable because, for example... Uh, my girl hates everything that she's so supportive. Holy crap. She is so supportive, but I've dragged her through hell with all the stuff that I've done because I'm not somebody that sits down. Yeah. She, she, she can't enjoy like very much of like a break because it's always like every day there's, I'm, I'm on phone calls with, <laughs> I drove her crazy. Cause, uh, the other day I was like, I have my friend that's an event coordinator all the way in like Utah and he's trying to put something like really abstract together but to get like millions of people to put together. So what is like something that we could do that we could like put together and I'm sitting down and I have a bunch of whiteboards in my house so I'm writing down like every whiteboard is getting filled. All the walls are filled with like notes, different ideas, different stuff that for me helping my event coordinator friend. And she's coming home from like a hard day at work and she's like seeing me like on the phone 24 seven with this. She's like, who are you calling? I was like, come here, come here. And I'm like making a phone call and we get like Zendaya's like manager on the phone. And then she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> she's like, what are you? And I'm like trying to like figure out if I can have like this person like host our party or this other celebrity do like a special appearance or like do like certain things. Like, and that's basically what she has to put up with. And I like pushing myself to those points where I try to like do the most craziest things that nobody has ever heard of or has ever seen because creating those experiences is going to keep, that's my favorite thing on earth. It's not the events, the music, the, the reason why, basically why I do my thing, why you do your thing, you explain, but why I do my thing is to see the reaction and to be able to like, that's my adrenaline. It's not jumping up on stage in front of thousands of people. It's seeing everybody collectively come together and building something that is unforgettable. The reason why music festivals are always marketing 
not the music artists on stage, but the faces of mm-hmm. these people at the front row going crazy is because of that experience. That's amazing. That's a, that's a, it gives me goosebumps all the time thinking about how I've been able to put together or I can be able to put together stuff where thousands of people are just forgetting everything. They don't yeah. care about what's going on. They have stresses. We have, I don't know, the worst people in charge right now. <laughs> we have all these crazy shootings. We have all this. They forget about it all. And they come together and they just have fun. And, and then they're able to do that again and again and again. And that is why you're going to do so well here because people need that. Yeah. People need, like, in Albuquerque. Especially here in Albuquerque. In Albuquerque <laughs> here, and not even just Albuquerque, but just New Mexico. Like, we have, like, the things we have to do, like, to go out and see and watch or this, that, and the other. Yeah. I can count them all on one hand. I wonder if I have the video here. And they're all, like, the same thing. So for you to be able to go out and provide that experience, man, that's going to be invaluable. Absolutely invaluable to these people here. I want you to um, take a look at this. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Explain what you're seeing. Explain. Oh, yeah. So, house party, people brushed in, pulled out guns. Yeah. How many guns do you see? Uh, if you play watch, the video back, I want again. you to try to, yeah, try to so... count how many guns you saw these kids come in and point oh, at yeah. innocent That's... guys and girls that it's... are all like teenagers and college students. That's a good point. So, these people wielding guns are maybe at most 24 years old, 23 years old. Ask me where this happened. Uh, so I got one, two, three, four. Uh, four guns yeah, four pointed guns. at a house full of 100 people. This looks like the cottages. Am I right? Because I used to party there back in the day. Oh, hell and that yeah. And that shit went down all the this time. This yeah. happened next door to uh, my girl's sister's house. Yeah. She lives with... All of her, all of her friends, all of her, all of her family and friends, like they all live in that house. This happened next door. Sounds about right. And then, yeah. um, one of their friends went to the party and saw some kid get shot. Yeah. And then there was a whole shooter. There's always stuff like that, and it's kids. Yep. Have you ever heard of the book, The Art of War? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sun Tzu. Yeah. Basically, in there they have like. Uh, a, they have the system of how a society will fall apart if you don't have entertainment. They specifically say, if you don't have something to distract people, when when you will have hardships, you will have people working and ha- trying to build a name for themselves, you will have like, them trying to come together as a society, but if you don't have entertainment or if you don't have something as a distraction, these people will eat each other. They will fall apart. And over here, the lack of correct... I'm sorry, the, the lack of just experiences for people to go out and go do stuff is leaving this whole entire area very bitter. Instead of them focusing on like, hey, yo, let's let's go to this thing or let's like work to save up for this music festival that's happening over here. And then after that weekend, we have this show over here and then this tour and then this party and then this whole entire thing and then this bar crawl and then all that. All of that you can find within Colorado, within Vegas, within like all these different places. Well, that's why people here. are escaping out. They're they, leaving. They leave. they, everyone's they spend leaving. Way more money leaving here yeah. than actually trying to experience it here. And there's no experiences here. We'll get that like maybe like once or twice a month. Viva ABQ uh built has been doing their best with building events here with the EDM scene, which they found their market. They have the EDM scene here. And then they have like their, not just one, they have like two festivals, I think. They have not only, they have collaborations, I think, with Parade of Bass. They have, uh, they do collaborations with like 
all these like festivals, like Somos, I know they put uh, artists on the lineup for, but uh, it's just like I'm I'm very grateful that those people exist here. The problem is that it's it's just like that's just one market. That's a specific market. That's the EDM market. And then on top of it, there's not stuff that's targeting the college demographic over here at where they're at. There's like two thousand or two thousand uh twenty two thousand to twenty five thousand students per semester. I hit them right where their home is. I put them right where they are so they're not having to outsource uh, to these like to go to the ghettos uh, and go party or go to these house parties out in the boondocks and then go where all is the that ghettos. Which is right across the street from UNM. Oh, yeah. no, I, Yeah. No, <laughs> I used to party down there, dude. I get it. I dude, get it. I fucking hate the the what is it? These Albuquerque Crip 69 stupid idiots because they come over here and they, all these kids. I don't know if it's them or what gang group that is coming out here, but there's a lot of these kids. Yeah that say that they're part of these gang affiliations and they ruin everything. They ruin everything. They come out of nowhere and they just legit, like they have something to prove, they have something to do. And you have literally a house like full of like white girls, just like partying, just like listening to Taylor Swift. And you have these kids busting down the door, just shooting at everybody and anything yep. because they want to prove something, want to like be part of something that they don't understand. See, and I was and, I was just having this conversation because uh, a couple nights ago, me and my girlfriend went out because we hardly get to go out just because of time and we're busy and this, that, and the other. Um, we went out and we were having this conversation. We've had it before, but like, it's like reiterating, you know, as much as I would love to go out, like go to a bar and shoot pool or go see a show, like big or small, right? One thing that concerns me, and I know I'm not the only one here, is that going out, the only real place you can go out to is downtown, and there is so much violence, and there is so much crime, and there are guns everywhere. I'm a two-way advocate. Do you carry a gun? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's I was, uh, A local, local artist here, we grew up together. We had this mm-hmm. conversation on the pod a couple weeks ago. I was like, dude, if you walk outside and you're not armed, yeah. you, that's a very silly decision, Yeah. to put it lightly. It, it is ridiculous. It it's is insane. absolutely ridiculous. I had a... <laughs> I, I have a lot of friends that are that are that are family friends, and we have like other friends that are, that are either doing DEA or doing FBI or doing um, some of the uh, police force yeah. forces uh, units out here. And I have a lot of them that are doing, it. and it's so funny because they're like, "Do you like you need to like be carrying like nothing that's like less than a nine <laughs> like, yeah. over here?" It's so you have to be out here all the time like carrying a gun you make sure your girl has a gun you make sure that like you are always strapped because it's like getting worse they're showing me like videos and photos of just stuff that is just like that they have to come across all the time and i'm just like and it's not just at night like for people listening that are outside of uh, new mexico like it's not just at night it's broad daylight like these people don't care anymore it's the wild west like it is legitimately the wild west out here and so it's like as much as i would love to go out and do things you know i just get worried if it was just me or if it's like just me and my homies, maybe I'd be a little less worried. But like me going out with my chick, who is a very attractive person, yeah. that just that, are, it's at risk. That it's opens risk. you up. It's risk. In and it's just it's not a risk I'm willing to take. You, you shouldn't be in an area that you feel like it is a risk to go out and live. You, yeah. You shouldn't to go out and get necessity things like going grocery shopping. You yeah. shouldn't have to deal with crime. For I'm trying to find the stupid video of my friend getting hit. With a baseball bat at Target. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, no, Here? He got, yeah, he uh, he trains at Jackson Winkle, so obviously he handed it to this man. But, yeah. Uh, but he's been doing UFC, MMA, combat fighting. What's his name? Just out of curiosity. Oh, even like a last name. If you don't want to do the whole thing, I 
because that's I don't know if he's comfortable. With his yeah, no, it's fine. But, that's fine. Uh, but uh, basically, um, I'm if I find this video, I'll show it to you, or you yeah. can put it on the podcast once I show you the, or I'll send it to you. But the video is basically of him just like working security, and he's sitting there with one of the other managers of the Department of Security, yeah. and he's sitting there, and this dude comes up with his wife, and they have uh, cases or. Uh, shopping carts full of stuff that are like trying to head towards the exit and he's standing in front of the exit he sees the man that's carrying a baseball bat and he basically backs off and the dude still comes at him and lunges at him with the baseball bat and swings and hits him and it looks like it hits him like right like right he put his arm up but it looks like it hits like on his head and like on his arm and he basically is able to fight back and push back and He's just rocking this dude. He's like going crazy. He tackles him. He throws him up against like the corner of the shelves, which are like metal. So like yeah. he hit him really hard and pushed him up against there, tackled him to the ground. The fight goes all the way outside the doors. And like he's just wailing on this dude. And the other manager that's there doesn't do anything. He just like looks at it and he's just like, <laughs> like, and that's, that's another thing that pisses me off about over here is that like when there's stuff happening, nobody helps. Yeah. Like nobody helps at all. Nobody wants to get involved. Nobody like stands up or anything like that. Like I'm, I don't know why I've just grown up in a bunch of communities. Well, so just... I, I'll answer that for you. So there's two important things to take out of that story. Two very important things. So you have the you have the two security officers who their job is to provide security, right? Obviously, yeah. take down a threat. Um, and you have your friend who trains not only trains in a martial art but trains at a well-renowned gym. Yeah. And I know in the MMA community, there's a lot of argument where that gym's going right now. Oh, I'm not. That gym is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm nowhere near as educated enough to be able to comment on that, but it's a legendary <laughs> gym. I mean, that's like him or hate him. Jackson most... Winkle is amazing. Yeah. You guys can go suck it. Okay? <laughs> most people don't like him right now, but John Jones trained out of there. Yeah. Uh, Cowboy, Holly Holmes, the best. And Henry Cejudo, I, I know, went through there. Um, so your friend is well-trained, and he's obviously confident in his abilities. Yeah. Right? So he's able to assess that and take care of business when the other security guard obviously has not had any training. The dude is bigger. Dude, outside wait, of... Wait, yeah. Wait, wait. The, the security guard that got in the fight has the training and everything, but he's like my size. Yeah. I'm, I'm a midget. <laughs> dude is my size. <laughs> and the other security officer, he's like six foot something and is also like hitting the gym every day was like bragging that he goes like bodybuilds and everything like dude like there was such a huge weight difference that the dude is way more intimidating everything nothing no nothing. backup no help i don't care like that's just like i'm like and that's, that's and your that's the friend difference. Yeah. That dude, like that's your dude man and, and back him up and that's the difference not having any any um training any ability anything at all because it, the moment that something goes down and you know you know what you carry every day mentally Right, you know what you have in your tool belt, and if you yeah. don't have anything, you're not gonna be the first one, or you're not gonna even be the second or third to get into I'm just a conflict. Take off my shoe and throw it at people. If I don't know, if, <laughs> I don't know if I had a fight. I'm just gonna go Hispanic and but, throw it. But <laughs> the second thing, stuff, just... the second thing that's super important to take out of that is why is stuff like that happening, and or, it on the news. Or, or why is why is nobody helping? Right, his location. Yeah. Is on the news a lot, like locally and like they made it on. Uh, is it off of Eubank and uh, yeah. Hotel Circle? It's like it's uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, Is target, it that target. Yeah, yeah. it's that target. Yeah. Literally, they get like robbed Every all day. the time to the oh, point yeah. where okay, mm-hmm. they got they they were they were having uh. Just so you know, like, for example, like, Walmart and every other Target shuts down at, like, 10, 10 o'clock at night. Yep. These people uh, ended up having to have full-time, like, just that location has had to have full-time police officers yeah. that go there now. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, there's full-time like, APD at Best Buy and Target. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have, uh, they're shutting, they were like, okay, that's still not a solution. Even with people that are, by law are there to protect the community and everything, that have guns, they will stop you, arrest you, everything that's still not a deterrent, they are having to shut down the store way earlier, yeah. around like 7 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock at night, which is, they, how do you, how so, do these businesses work anymore? How do how do any of the smaller businesses? Yeah, no, I'm it's seeing, insane. I was literally driving here, um, uh, I was driving around this area, like yesterday, I saw some uh, store person from like a this like little mom and pop shop over there throwing like rocks and sticks at this homeless person that had their handful yeah. of like everything and it's stealing horrible. all of these things from these businesses. I hate it. No, yeah, it's it's horrible here. Um, but you know, just culturally culturally speaking, people don't get involved anymore because a these I mean they just they keep to themselves whatever. Oh, yeah. But. Another part of it, for sure, is nobody really, nobody really, it's the ring. <laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody really fights anymore. Yeah. Hand to hand, anything like that. They always have a weapon. It's either a knife or a gun. And you don't know when that's going to come out. And they it's never very. never had the crap beaten out of them. It's, it's, they it's, need it. <laughs> yeah, it's very unfortunate. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, Albuquerque has, it's been turning for the worst, but it just got cranked to like 15 once the pandemic happened. Oh, yeah, because there was, now the homeless, okay. I don't know what to say about this community because the homeless community, the 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 different foundations that I've worked with, the 501c3s that we've built, different types of festivals and events to donate to. We've done several different things to be able to help out several different communities in different areas. I've looked at over here and where do you even start? Yeah. Cause you have so many people. Okay. I'm not going to give an opinion, a full opinion, but just a question. Why do we have protests for things that we are so abundant? We have so many more resources for, for example, when they were doing uh, a lot of like the Black Lives Matter stuff over here during like the pandemic and doing like breaking windows out of all these different businesses and starting to even to the point where the what was it? Uh, did I hear correctly that they, even like the UFC fighters and the MMA fighters? Yeah, John Jones. Yeah, came John, out here and was like, John Jones, stop it. it yeah, like John Jones cakes. running around grabbing the <laughs> spray cans. He's literally yeah. grabbing, like having those types of people defend the community and stuff. Why does that happen here? In one of the only states in all of America where there's more brown people than white people. There's more culture here. They literally, you go to Walmart, you'll see more black people, brown people, Indian people, than you will see white people. Why is that happening here? What do we have to protest against? So I think personally that it is, it's more of a, ver- so it was a, like, it was a perfect storm when that happened just because everyone is locked in their houses. They're watching the fear porn on CNN <laughs> yeah. and Fox and MSNBC. They're watching the infection counts go up, and then it's just it's like um, it's like you're cranking up um, a spring, right? 
it's tighter and tighter what? and tighter. It, and then the George Floyd thing happened and everything explodes. Oh, I talked everything to Everything explodes. I, I talked to all my, because it's so funny because I have all, all my Hispanic and my black friends, all that are like half and half. Half of them are all like the, I call them the crazies. <laughs> and then the other half are all like the, the logic ones where we all are like, they do like police stuff. They, they see what's going on in yeah. their account. They see what's going on in the systems that are getting blamed. Yeah. And they're like, okay, these are our solutions. And the problem is we don't have that issues here in this community with our stuff that we're part of. And I'm like, well, if you look okay. at Black Lives Matter, right? If you look at that movement, if mm-hmm. you look at it in its origin from yeah. like 2014, 15, and 16, that organization is so different from the organization of like 2020, 21, and now. It it's is, so very different. It is stupid. It is be- Well, it's because of the media. They take it and they twist it. And they turned it into something completely different. And then now the people who are running Black yeah. Lives Matter, they've turned it into a thing where it's, it's like one person. It, it, I thought it was like two or three people. It's a female. And I know that, it's a female. It's a, it's a female. But she's got cohorts. What, let me ask you a question. How much do you think they raised uh, during that whole entire fiasco? Oh, it's billions. Like specifically, how much do you think that she donated to the community? Not a lot. It's a, it's a very small percentage. Not a percentage. lot? Nothing. Or did was nothing. it? I had heard rumors about nothing. No, nothing. Nothing. She built mansions. She bought a that. bunch of different facilities. She did a bunch of stuff. She there is literally receipts of her allocating that money to her like friends and her family members to like get out of jail and like to do it. But it is stupid. Yeah. That you have these people that are making the loudest amount of noise, and. A, we just blindly go to wherever the person is the loudest, and we just look at what's going on over there, and then we're like, yeah, that's the biggest problem, whatever. Like, right. and, and, and the thing is, is just, I, I lost the video, but there was a protest against the Proud Boys here at Civic Plaza. It was hundreds and hundreds of people that all gathered around it. I think it was close to maybe almost a thousand people over there. It was a good amount of people that were all dressed up in riot gear that were all like crazy. I made it on the news because I was wearing my stupid yellow Polaroid sweater backwards hat. And I was like, this is stupid (laughs) like because Proud Boys don't exist in New Mexico. So why the hell are we having a protest (laughs) in New Mexico for the Proud Boys? And I went as far as to grab a video camera with my friend and I grabbed my phone and I, oh, I still have the recordings. I will give you the recordings, but I would put it as a mic to other people. I'm like, so I see that you're out here. What are you protesting? Oh, we're protesting all the, the misogyny and all the crazy, like Proud Boy people who are like going crazy over here i was like oh cool yeah no i i i really like all the dedication and the motivation like i see that you guys are passionate about have you seen a proud boy what is your experience with a proud boy here in new mexico and they're like um yeah i i haven't really seen any i'm like yeah have you heard of any reports over here in new mexico about that they're like uh, no but i they're bad i'm like cool so it's not affecting you. It's not affecting anybody here. What are we doing? Yeah. So it's like no. It's the need. It's the people see it on TV again. It's all through the media. They're seeing it on TV. They're seeing it on social media. It was and, bad. It was retarded. They want to. <laughs> they they want to be a part of the community. They want to be a part of that that whatever they think that is in their head. What however they digest that right because yeah. what they're seeing is already getting blown up. And yeah. the way they digest it, and the more they see it, the more they want to become attached to it, oh, the more absolutely. they want to like get involved with that, yeah. right? Whatever they conjure up in their head, 
they go take that outside. But there is, it's a lot more emotion than logic. There is a lot more emotion than logic there. And it's, it's sad. No, it, it really is how easy, like, the media can just brainwash people. It, That's it what has, it is. It has been. The, the biggest thing that I've been trying to do is I've been trying to get me and my friend that owns a camera, and I'm pretty good at, like, asking questions and putting some stuff together and kind of, like, not making it, like, provoking, but, like... yeah asking innocent questions that are like innocent but kind of like getting to the point and showing the truth of what's like like there's a reason you're asking yeah Yeah. i'm like okay so for example okay uh we have okay this is gonna be no i'm not even gonna say that one um (laughs) let's go to a different situation there's certain different things here that are happening in this state that are completely adding damage to everything and everyone around them. Couldn't agree ruining, more. They're ruining the community. They're affecting everybody in their businesses. They're doing certain things, and they think that what's happening out there in the rest of the country and the rest of the world affects what's happening here. The only thing that I've seen that's really, really affecting everything crazily is the gas prices. But that's like an outside sort. But everything that we have that's the damages that are happening in this state are not because of Joe Biden or happening because of the rest of the country and everybody. It's happening because of our local stuff, our local stuff that has gotten out of control. And we have put people locally in charge to allow that to happen. And the problem is, is that I've seen simple things like it shouldn't. Okay. As an event coordinator, nobody knows this. There's something called an EDG, an economical development grant. I went to different states and I would poke at the city mayor or I would poke at certain different areas and I would be like, hey, um, you guys uh, are needing more jobs in your area and I provide experiences and temporary uh, opportunities for people to make money. I would like to put a music festival together or a local like street shutdown. Like for example, farmer's markets, parades, stuff like that falls under that category and is able to be able to uh, create temporary small jobs. So I can go to the city, put a proposal together and be like, hey, I want $25,000. It's only going to cost me like $5,000 in production, maybe another like 1000 or two in hiring police officers, making sure ambulances, making sure there's water stations, putting up some stuff for insurance and permits and stuff like that. It's not going to cost me that much, but I get a full $25,000 check from the, uh, from the city and federal money to be able to make something happen. And it's very easy for me to put something like that together. And those resources are not properly allocated to where it's really needed. And for somebody like me that I can be like, hey, I'm going to put a show together with hundreds of thousands of people for free. And I get to walk away with $25,000. But you can't allocate the federal funding that you guys are getting and millions and millions of dollars to the actual people that actually need rebuilt in their community, the actual economically developed or deprived companies. Like, it's just atrocious. And they just don't know what to do. And they just don't do anything unless they're asked. And it's crazy because this is a full center street shutdown with like thousands and thousands. I'm trying to pull up the photo. (laughs) But we were able to do this not only in Idaho, but in Utah. And we did that at least like once Every like three months. And the problem is I've never seen anybody actually like if I can easily walk into the city and ask for all these resources and ask all this stuff and get it like that. Why do I have to come in here and like 
ask for that instead of like where it's needed why not just go do it like the city doesn't do anything and it sucks and it's it, like, yeah so i was gonna ask is, is has that been your personal experience here with the new mexico's local government yeah they suck over here like like they're they're very nice like i can go into their offices and put some stuff together but it's just like there's some things over here that i feel like it's just bad it's just like i feel like it's plugging holes in a boat and more holes keep appearing once you keep doing that and instead of just like changing or fixing everything like it's it's just like they're putting temporary little fixes here and there and See, everywhere and i agree with that and you know by and large i'd say easily 90 percent of the problems that we're facing here in new mexico are because of the local government yeah and you know up until the roe v wade incident happened yeah i was like you know what maybe maybe the time of our current government is up our current governor is up. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll get someone else that's different in there and we'll maybe see. Because it, it can always get worse, but like really though, how much worse can it get? We're dead because they're counting Washington, D.C. now when it comes to like education and health and uh, child mortalities and child poverty, adult poverty. They count D.C. We're mm -hmm. 51st in education, 51st in child poverty, 51st in GDP. Like everything we're the last in. Quite literally every fucking category possible. We we are beneficial in one way for being at the bottom of the list, though. We are beneficial for testing. We are very, very big for testing because different types of systems can come down here and see what's going on and be like, okay, this is the worst of the worst case right. scenario. Let's try to see if we can implement some systems. You can find one version of what the government is doing with testing us and using New Mexico as a gerbil. Uh, in the education system, for example, we have a lot of different types of things that they're trying to change up and do and see what system is best for the students and overall in doing like academics across the country and seeing what it is. But since we're the gerbil, we have different types of things that are going on with, uh, uh, for example, giving the, the, like the criteria, giving the, the textbooks or the or the work or whatever to these students and since we have so many different systems with the education here a lot of them are continually failing because they are noticing that they don't have their the system keeps getting switched up on like how they're getting taught yeah. and it sucks like i went to uh three different schools and i noticed that these three different schools all were given like different material and all given like different criteria to like teach which is like really, really, really weird. Yeah. Because like it's all in the same like school district, but why are like why are they? It's it's mismanagement. It's it's, it's really like, weird. Mismanagement <laughs> so... is the, is the name of the game for the government. And the reason why I brought up the Roe v. Wade thing is because now in a post um, repealment of that case law from the Supreme Court, mm. that is I mean, we already see it happening. That is going to be the platform upon which the governor is going to get reelected on. Ron Ketty just yeah. lost the election. Because he's very anti-abortion, and this is a very liberal state. I'm a very big conspiracy theorist, so I'm like the worst person to talk about this because, like, well, legit, I think it's all planned for and the they population. Did this, well, they did the re, why are certain issues like done during when like voting is about to happen? Oh, well, that's not a conspiracy. That's a fact. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, that's a, why, why that's, is it also just so no. meticulously perfectly put. So that, right when, that is a well thought out and a well. Um, like generalized and like widely accepted hypothesis. I mean, cause like, so for instance, right. 
I, I'm just called a conspiracy theorist <laughs> for that idea. For a lot of my logical ideas, I'm just a conspiracy theorist. I, I sat down with one of the guys that was running for the gov- the Republican candidate yeah. um, here in New Mexico. And as I was doing my research and like a little deeper into the politics here and seeing like what's going on, I did. You know, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to talk to someone who's going to oppose the governor, I might as well dive a little deeper into the governor herself, see what's going on, and should I need that in my back pocket, I can pull it out. Yeah. So I go on her YouTube channel. And this is... God, this is literally a week, maybe five days before the primaries, Mm -hmm. right? And I look, and on her YouTube channel, there's these 15 to 30 second videos. And they're all like, here in New Mexico, we have free childcare. We have free college. We have like like the beneficial... On On what platform? On her YouTube channel. And so they have all these things that she's doing for New Mexico, right? Yeah. And... They're all these 30-second clips, and they're released in, like, increments of, like, one week, uh, like, every week, and then it turned into, like, every four days, right? And she's wearing – so they shot all of this in one big thing, cut it up, and they're, like, saving it all for when the re-election is going to happen because that's, that's just what politicians do. They roll out all their yeah, big plans absolutely. right before they get reelected. So my point in bringing that up is – that's not a conspiracy. That's a fact. They hold everything it's, back until they need to use it. My my goal is to be able to create a pretty good wave over here, at least with my brand, or create something in my community that's going to be beneficial and then be able to make a full-on product out of it. Not a product, a, a full-on package and take that to the city and see if they can be able to kind of make it a little bit more broadband and kind of make it a little bit more general for everybody else. Because you can be able to benefit when you include everybody into one thing. If we had, like, I don't know. uh, I know that they do, uh, what is it over here, that was really cool when I was, like, walking through during the pandemic. For They shut down the whole entire street. Art Walk. The art, art walk. walks, yes. The art walk. The art walk was so cool. Yeah, those they are neat. Thousands and thousands of people going up and down this street that is completely shut down. And on the sides of the street, on the sidewalks, are all vendors. Yeah, it's all super different types awesome. of brands, local companies, people that just like make little tiny things in their home and just sell it. And it's just like you have entertainment here and there. Like you have like street performers and you have all these it's different like food trucks. Every Everything, the whole entire community comes in, yeah. shares everything that they have all together and puts it all in one spot. That is beautiful. I love that people are on their low, low riders, like showing off their cars. Everything. It's the culture like, of New Mexico every, at its, its best. It's, it's, it's like the best family community type of thing. Like you don't have to spend any money. You don't have to. You just show up when they're doing it, and it's like the coolest thing ever. Problem is, is that I want to be able to make that to a level where it's going to be a little bit more. Like, there's there's more. You can do more. You can be able to bring in some of the biggest companies in New Mexico, like Nusenda. You can be able to bring in New Mexico Bank and Trust. You can be able to bring in, like, Don Chalmers or yeah. and all these, like, different groups. Like, we were able to do that in Salt Lake City. We brought in uh, – oh, I forgot his name um, – from uh, Brent Brown, Toyota. <laughs> we uh, And we did a Toyota concert series, and we brought in Chris Brown and Kidding. And we brought in uh, all these different artists and did like this whole entire thing. And I, I got to see that whole entire festival get put together. By I think I heard about some, that, actually. It was that's in Salt Lake City. Yeah, that's ringing a bell. That was many years ago. We, we put that together and it was just amazing. It was 
awesome. We saw like thousands and thousands of people come in and I would love to see a lot more collaboration like that. Like Somos is good. I want more than yeah. just Somos. I want like several of them because if we have several of them, if we have just one thing that we have to depend on every year, it's just going to, it's people are going to be waiting on their hands for a full year for something like that to even happen. And then that's it. If we have several of those that people can be in different seasons, like in the spring and the summer and the, and the fall, like in the winter, like we can have different things going on that will be beneficial, not only for like the local companies, but also for the people of New Mexico. Cause it's just it sucks right now. There's nothing. Yeah. And people are just, they're, they're getting irritated. They're having nothing to do. <laughs> no, yeah. Trust me. I'm one of them. I agree. <laughs> um, so in your experience and, you know, working here in New Mexico, what has been like the solid, like, okay, this is probably, this is, has been the best way to market to this demographic. This is the directly. best way to pull in those college kids. Do you find directly. that? Directly. Directly. And it has to be with something that they're already familiar with. So for example, if I go to a fraternity that is well-known on campus I'm going to use that fraternity to help me market and make people show up because they can get the word out. And then what I usually do, at least for my system, um, say I got the – it's going to take investment of time and resources, So, and you're going to have to risk that your first time. But, um, for example, with me in my case, uh, I go to a venue. I rent it out. I make everything free, everything free. And I market the event. I don't say a name. I don't say, hey, uh, Decon or uh, this music artist. or It doesn't matter who is on the bill or who is on the lineup because it is not about them. It is about the event and the experience. People show up to the experience and they come in droves. They sell out the whole entire experience. And then at the experience, you can be able to brand yourself and be like, look, my name is all over the venue and everything. But that type of stuff, I've been able to see that if you tie something familiar that they already know that's heavy, like, for example, look at the United Games. The United Games are nuts. Yeah. I have yet to go to one. I yeah, really, same. really, really want same. to. But they are nuts. People are wearing their stuff. I still see people, like, today walking around, like, in, like, United gear and stuff. They host an event over at a venue all the way in Coors at Electric Playhouse. and I've heard a lot about that place. I've heard I've... it is amazing, but back to it. <laughs> New Mex the, the Mexico United game brings their watch party over to the Electric Playhouse. I'm talking about this venue gets so overcapacitated that you have thousands of people inside the like the parking lot trying to get in. Wow. There's already hundreds inside with like it, just watching on all the screens and everything. And it's like that type of thing where if they're familiar with the brand, if they're tied with their community and stuff, this is a very community like oriented like area. Like if something is born and raised and done here that the people are part of, they're going to support it. Mm -hmm. I like, I love what's going on with, um, what's his name? Depot? Timo? I don't know what his name is. Uh, but he runs Paletta Bar. And uh, have you heard of Paletta yeah, Bar? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love Paletta Bar. They've grown so much. They're building new locations here and there. Oh, yeah, everywhere. they're popping up left and right. Like, oh, yeah. Legit, and I could have sworn I met him about 15 years ago <laughs> when I was going to middle school here, high school here, <laughs> at, like, one of the malls, like, doing stuff. And so to see that brand go from 15, I don't know, just him himself growing a full like franchise that's like popping up everywhere. Oh my goodness. The other person that I've seen that's gone ballistic 
like crazy, but he's like in a different state. Uh, his name is Sawyer. He runs this company by the name of Crumble Cookies. And oh yeah, I've heard of them, bro. His backstory, his stuff is crazy because he started in a very small like Logan, Utah. Logan, Utah, all the way like close to the Idaho border. Like it's like right up there. He started like his cookie company up there, and basically he had like a couple of different flavors. And now, you look at their website and you look at their social media. It's verified millions of followers yeah it has he not only has one or he has like 80 locations in utah he has like hundreds of locations that are all over the country we have one here in yeah. albuquerque all the way by cottonwood mall like it's nuts how big like your community can make you like go and over here that's there's just not enough of it a lot of people don't know what we've had or what we that has been very valuable in your community. Like for example, you want to talk about music artists that have come out of here. They've had to go to different places to go blow up out of here because they've thought that they couldn't get anything or no support over here. Nobody knows that Malcolm Moore went to school here and yeah. did a bunch of stuff here. Nobody knows that Demi Lovato is from Albuquerque. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. There's a lot of different things. They all they only think that we have the ghettos of Breaking Bad here <laughs> and Neil Patrick Harris and that's yeah. it. And like there's so much potential to do stuff here. There I'm so proud of this one kid, uh Callie Soul. Callie Soul is a rapper that is uh, from New Mexico and he usually hangs out with other rappers over here that are doing very very well such as like Rakeem and um uh, there, there's just a, like a whole conglomerate of them that are doing very, very well. And basically, he represented New Mexico on TV with this like competition with Snoop Dogg and Kelly Clarkson. Oh, and wow. He, and, they, and he was like repping the whole entire like New Mexico stuff, like legit, like that type of stuff over here. And what our community needs to do is like look at those types of people and make them skyrocket and make them. I don't, I don't know how to bridge that gap yet but i will hear very soon i'm almost there i'm almost there i'm working with my college demographic but i'm trying to like open it up to the city and try to feel like fill out what's going on but i'm like so close to like figuring it out because if i can get the community to give that support no more like we don't need to outsource we don't need to go anywhere else we don't need to bring in anybody from outside we can work with everything that we have here it's just i don't know what's going on listen man I'm excited. <laughs> I'm happy you're here. Um, Thank you. This is great. Um, this conversation got me very excited, um, and I'm and I can't wait to see what you do. Uh, I think this you. this is like the energy and like I said, the mindset, like the mindset that we need in this town is exactly what you're bringing. That it's not a famine; it's a feast. There's a lot of things here. Big feast. <laughs> there are people here that are there. There's opportunity. Yeah. There are people here that are willing to help you. Just people need to be brought along. I feel like. This is going to be a weird example, but like how I said with the, the thing with my friend getting hit with a baseball bat and my other friend not helping, uh, I feel it's kind of like that. If one person is doing something, I feel like the other person is not really wanting to jump on board and kind of like support or anything unless they see like a full backing of like yeah. several different people. And it, and it's like, it's really hard to start that wave. It's really hard to like, because I've seen a lot of like people and music artists are like, have friends family members look at what they're making and their content and then they're like why aren't you famous yet and then they're turn around and they're like well why aren't you sharing my stuff that's why i'm not famous and it's like <laughs> mood well, <laughs> well it's that type of it's that type of stuff and my thing is i'm like okay well i don't like 
saying it like that, but it's the truth. It's like, what can we do here in our communities and what we have already with people like you, people like me, other different brands, other stuff that are like, obviously have like a really good thing going on right now. They just need that backing. How do we get them involved more? And so I'm trying to make it look sexier by trying to like put <laughs> thousands of people in front of a stage and making an experience and tying that with brands. But yeah. it's, I'm still learning. I still, still only seven and a half years. That's nothing compared to like the 20, 50 years that these other event coordinators and other like brand, like marketer, director people have over me that. But I'm, you've used your time and your resources so well. That's obvious. Just, well by, just, just by speaking or, with you. Believe it or not, not well enough. I am still, I'm getting outdone by kids younger than me that have like, no, like, yeah. But <laughs> so. it's just, just talking because and I, I, this is another reason why, why I, I've kept doing this podcast. Mm. And I don't usually say this. If I get asked the question, why do I do it? I don't usually say this to the end. Um, and this is a great example of why you're very clearly someone. I love watching people talk about what they love. Yeah. I, that just gets me going. I yeah. love seeing people who are passionate. You can be passionate about event coordinating, about making music, about producing. Mm-hmm. You can be passionate about fucking making tables, dude. Yeah. As long as you love something, if I can give you the ability to talk about it, I love that. Well, thank you. Cause, it's great. Cause I, my wife is sick of hearing all of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, man. And um, when we when we get off of here, uh, before you head out, I want to give you some contacts you can get in touch with. Oh, absolutely. I would um, love that. Because there is one venue that comes to mind, a couple of people that you can go talk to, whether it's just getting the name out or just getting on other podcasts here. Yeah. Um, and I'll let them know because this is great. Like, this is what Albuquerque needs. What I want to see with this podcast, because this is an amazing place, but... Have you got to go use Studio Five One Nine? I've I've heavily considered it, bro. They got like everything. yeah, I've heard they got everything, bro. Like legit, like go abuse it. Get on that TV. <laughs> so, <laughs> get your own channels, bro. Like this is amazing. Like yeah. I love what you're going. I see all the names on the wall. There, how many people have been here? Like what, like twenty? It looks like twenty um, names, thirty uh, names. Let me think. I let's ballpark it and say thirty-five unique guests. Yeah. Uh, this will be episode fifty-eight. Yes. So let's say let's say thirty five unique guests. Just so you know, artists like myself and people that are here that are doing events and stuff like that, we love being on anything that that has a camera. Like straight up, <laughs> if you need any of those people that are coming through touring and stuff like that, I would love to shoot those guys over here. Yeah, because I I'm, can't do it. I fail yeah. <laughs> very very miserably. I don't have a professional setup or know how to like run it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I love I love sitting down and talking to people, whether it's five minutes or five hours, dude. It's perfect. just a lot of fun. Well, dude, I hope I can come back. This is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to have you back. Uh, before we get out of here, where can people find you? Uh, like all your social, Spotify. Where can they find you? Uh, so. Uh, Basically, you can type in D-E-C-O-N, D-Con uh, official, and I will pop up. Awesome. You can put that on any platform. I will always pop up. And so um, I just got a Twitter. I don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. <laughs> I, I got it. Like, I've been – I hate Twitter. I don't know why I'm, like, even on it again, but I <laughs> Yeah, I'm on everything else. You can find me everywhere else. Uh, I am trying to come out with new music. I have a song that I still – has, it's on SoundCloud, but I'm trying to like get it like approved and everything. I have a song with like uh, T Pain. I have a song with Sean Paul. I have a song um, coming out. I'm trying to rebrand and do like a lot of like R and B, um, electronic pop. Like trying to dip my toes in country. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, that's uh, that's basically me. So that's awesome, man. Well, again, seriously, thank you for coming by. Thank you so I much. Really for having me. I really appreciate it, and um, I can't wait to have you back. 
Thank you. This has been a blessing. Bro, I'm Seriously. Gonna bring, I'm gonna bring so I'm gonna bring some pretty cool people to you. I gotta let's do I gotta it. refer some people to you because they're like they're crazy. <laughs> All right, let's so, do it. And uh, thank you guys for listening and watching, and we'll catch you next time. Gracias Bye, everybody. Mucho. Bye. <laughs>